0: Good evening from Bagram Air Base. This outpost is more than seven thousand. So what we're hearing
1: right now is President Obama on his surprise visit to Afghanistan.
2: to Afghanistan. But it almost because wasn't a surprise. Zeke Miller covers politics for BuzzFeed.
0: Okay, so at about uh, nine ten or so, we uh, we saw a tweet from Tolo News, an Afghanistan-based news outlet, that had said the president had landed um, in Afghanistan. Uh, which seemed a little odd to us given the fact that the president was supposed to be at the oval office and meetings all day in Washington and not in a war zone. Nice. Um so very quickly this started to spread a little bit on Twitter. We retweeted it um noting that you know no other news outlet was reporting it, you know, which was which is something you would expect given that every other news outlet was under an embargo. Um and we got a call from the White House saying that you, you must take that tweet down. It's endangering the life of the president and everybody traveling with him with no other details other than to say, no, the president is not, in fact, in Kabul. Um, and sort of it sort of set in motion, this day-long process as the White House tried to keep this off the Internet. And you know, it wasn't just us. It was a whole slew of people. The New York Post was on it. Um, then the Weekly Standard was picking it up. And so each time it was a bit of a whack-a-mole process that the White House was engaged in. Every time they would get one so- someone to take it down, somebody else would put it up.
2: Well, no, but once something is out there, you, it's out there. And so if you, once, once you take it down, then doesn't that just kind of... You know, affirm that it must be true, or some it must be some variation of it must be true.
0: Yeah, I mean, certainly here in the states, it was easier that way. I mean, you know, to put you know, the, the, from the White House's perspective, you know, this isn't a game. You know, this isn't a game of absolutes. It's a game of probability. They want to make sure that you know, on the you know, if they can lessen the probability that somebody you know, with the capability and the intent to do harm to the president, can get the information. If they can delay that even a little bit. That makes it less likely that they can orchestrate anything catastrophic. So that's sort of the calculus going on in Washington. That's why they reach out to us.
1: So how long was it between when uh, the tweet was posted from you guys and uh, you got the call from the White House?
0: Uh, somewhere I'd say ten minutes. Wow. Twelve minutes. It, it it was really fast.
1: Is that? I mean, that that's a little bit scary, right?
0: <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. Um, I, I I asked the uh, the spokesperson. You know who. Had uh, had had caught the tweet, you know, my tweet, and said, you know, you know, you got to deal with this. And he said, I can't tell you that. So it was <laughs> a little, um, you know, a little creepy, I'd say.
2: So, so part of the the whole subterfuge here is that the White House has a daily public schedule it releases for the president, right?
0: Oh yeah. So they send it out about seven or eight o'clock, usually the day, you know, the day before. And so we got it yesterday, and said so the president had, a, you know, a handful of meetings you know, throughout the day in the Oval Office and nothing else.
2: Right. And so are they lying about those things, or is he still going to meet with the people he's scheduled to meet with? He's just going to meet with them, you know, on the plane or something?
0: Yeah. Um, you know, he certainly has the capability to meet with them on the plane. Um, and it's not it's, and it's not quite clear. I mean, the, fir- the the first meeting every day is the presidential daily briefing that happens. So no matter where he is, he can be, you know, be any anywhere in the world when that meeting happens. Then the other element was he, he, meeting with senior advisors. He had a team of you know, seven or eight senior advisors on the plane with him, so that could have happened whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it said the president, was me- and, and the president and the vice president were meeting with the Secretary of Defense Panetta. That obviously wasn't going to happen since the vice president is not with the president now, and neither is the Secretary uh, of Defense. So that last uh, you know, item on the schedule could have been something last week or, or you know, whatever. It could have been on the schedule weeks ago before this was booked or could have been part of the subterfuge.
1: Hey, Zeke, thank you so much for talking to us through this.
0: Oh, it's uh, my pleasure. This is How to Do
2: Everything. I'm Mike.
1: And I'm Ian. Just a short little show for you today, because we're on the road. But we do want to do a little vacation how-to for you lushes out there.
2: And we're going to help out Annie. She won our March Madness tournament bracket, and she just moved to Kentucky.
3: Um, It's horse racing season is coming up, and I don't know anything about horse racing or maybe just... You know, proper attire for horse races. I know there's the whole Kentucky Derby hat, like you're supposed to dress up for it. But I don't really know any of the proper attire or the way you're supposed to act while at the horse races.
1: Now, uh, Donna Brothers is a former jockey, and she wrote a book called Inside Track and Insider's Guide
2: to Horse Racing. So, Donna, what does Annie need to think about? First of all, you always
4: have a tote bag with you, and in that tote bag, you have your really nice shoes, and you're wearing your flip flops from the car to the racetrack. As far as the tire goes, the other trick that women in Louisville do is they buy two dresses and ideally you can buy two dresses to match one hat. And the reason why they buy two is because it's hard to tell what the weather's gonna be like here.
1: So uh what what must I absolutely be wearing so that I'm not looked at like an idiot.
4: Well you know I know you're not talking about yourself because you're a guy and it's so easy for you guys. You guys just haven't made. So you just wear suit, you're in good shape. Um, for the women, now it doesn't have to be a dress, but most women do wear a dress and the other thing that is nice if you want to stand out and and you know really be part of the fashionable crowd is a nice hat or a fascinator um it doesn't you don't have to wear a hat to the derby if you just hate hats Wait and a minute i'm sorry hats.
2: what's a fascinator?
4: The fascinators are what you saw somewhat at the royal wedding if you watch the royal wedding where it's really just not a a full hat. It's just um, used with a headband or else a clip into a person's, a woman's hair. And so they might even just have a couple of feathers and a flower. And most women will know what a fascinator is.
2: Well, as a man, could is there like a, a male equivalent of a, of a fascinator?
4: Uh, no, don't do that.
2: Donna Brothers is the on-track reporter for NBC Sports. She'll be covering the Kentucky Derby this weekend. Welcome to another episode of How to Do Everything. I'm Brett. And I'm Brian. On today's episode, we learn how to effectively sell our junk using eBay. And we also get some tips on how to pick our fancy football teams. But first, do you have a pile of old, worn-out furniture just sitting around collecting dust? Brian, I think that's the only type of furniture you own. That was true, Brett, until I caught up with Macy, who turned my out-of-style furniture into new, presentable pieces with what she calls upcycling.
1: So there's this uh, communications class at Purdue University. Uh, The professor assigned his students to each make their own episode of our show,
2: How to Do Everything. Here is the contribution from Tin and Tammy. Apparently crazy things can happen over spring break.
3: Yeah, we have Bailey here who will tell us all about it. Um, Some dude in a towel who was just creeping on us when we were at our car came up. Wait, nothing else but a towel? Just a towel. So, we were about to leave. This dude dropped a note, and we were like, we didn't think anything of it. And then he turned to our other friend and said, read the note. And we were like, oh, my gosh. Wait, wait,
2: wait. Do you have this note?
3: Of course we have the note. You can't. No way. You can't leave the note. What so did it say? It said, I'll give one of you 300 or you can split the money if you or each of you let me. yeah and he had some like weird purple stains on his towel that i have no idea what those were (laughs) so bailey what are some good tips that you would give for surviving a spring break and having a fun one well i would definitely say don't pass out on the beach because you will definitely get sunburned because it happened to a couple of our sisters and then also don't go to a place and not have hotel reservations because then you will be stranded for a whole day and have to try to find someone for cheap because you're all broke and you don't know what's going on. Is this a personal experience that happened to you? Yes, this is definitely a personal experience. It was a very, very long day, and it was sad. I didn't know what was going on, and I really thought I was going to have to sleep in my car. Ooh. Yeah, tragic.
2: You know what they say, what happened in spring break should have stayed in spring break, but uh, thank you for sharing your story with us.
3: No problem.
2: Glad to help. Maybe this has happened to you. You're heading out on a cruise, and you don't want to spend a bunch of money on alcohol.
1: And and you know that the only way to tolerate a cruise is to be drinking alcohol. So here's a tip from Dre and Mastermind. You know, old Dre and Mastermind. Those guys. uh, On YouTube. Uh, they say take a couple Listerine bottles, this is something people do, you take the big Mm -hmm. Listerine bottles, uh, clean them out, um, until they're, they're empty and they, you know, no Listerine smell remains. And then you
2: pour in vodka or gin. Alright, so we're gonna just, uh, do this a la carte. Okay. Oh! Beautiful! Oh, perfect. With no effort. Okay, but you're wondering, okay, well, that doesn't look like Listerine, so what are we going to do now? We're going to get, as it was recommended to us, two drops of food coloring. Deuce. Deuce drops. So. But if it
3: doesn't look green enough, we might have to add. We might have to
2: add uh, accordingly. Yeah. So we'll shake it up a bit to make sure we got a healthy amount. And I looks like I have to crack the sea a little bit. Doesn't look green enough. Is it? Oh, my God. That looks absolutely believable. I think one more. Mm. Like one more drop. One more. There we go. Now, before you do this, we want to give you a couple uh, advisories. One, always drink responsibly. Two,
1: 50,000 people have watched this video, so um, it's possible you're going to get busted. Because who travels, really, with... um, an extra large bottle the, of mouthwash, the big one.
2: Well, maybe one thing you could do is chew some gum, and so that way you have fresh breath. Yeah. You'd be like, "Yep, I'm got a lot of fresh breath. I need." It's very
1: important to me. Yeah, yeah. That does it for today's show. What we learned today, Mike?
2: I learned that if I ever want to look good at the uh, Kentucky Derby, I should not, as a man, wear a fascinator. I feel like
1: maybe you shouldn't wear a fascinator, yeah. but if you walked by. And I saw you in a fascinator, I would think, that is fascinating. And so the fascinator would have done its job.
2: I think it would become more of like a disturbinator. I think everybody would be like, ugh. An appaller. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What'd you learn, Ian?
1: I learned that no matter what you're doing, the White House is watching you.
2: I realized that in Zeke's case that was true. I'm pretty sure that it's never going to happen. Or it probably is really unlikely to ever happen to us. Well, I, I
1: don't have a I don't have a Twitter account myself, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I did think earlier today. I thought, you know, what would be a good name for a uh, a blog about magician news? Hmm. Hocus focus. And I thought that's a sort of thought that has no other purpose but to be a tweet. Right, like just like kind of a dumb thought. Um,
2: and what I would do then is if I saw that, as I'd probably ten minutes later, call you up and be like, "Hey, take it down."
1: That was really dumb. Yeah. How to Do Everything is produced by Blythe Hega with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Kate Casey, who doesn't need a fascinator to be fascinating.
2: Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. Or check out our website. It's
1: howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. I'm Mike. Thank Mike. you.